This episode is brought to you by Documents Core Pack by MSCRM-Addons.com. Documents Core Pack by MSCRM-Addons.com is the number one solution for professional document creation, processing, and document automation in Dynamics 365. Business processes like sending a quote as a PDF to a customer by email and saving it to SharePoint can be drilled down on a single click for your users. In addition, the workflow engine allows you to fully automate the process of documents like sending payment and shipping confirmations. Documents Core Pack by MSCRM-addons.com is based on the Power Platform and CDS, supporting all first-party applications of Dynamics 365 customer engagement. A fully supported free trial can be started on www.mscrm-addons.com. You're listening to the Power Platform People podcast on the CRM Audio Network with the bearded CRM guy Ian Connolly and the Mark Christie. The guys will take you on a journey of the Power Platform community. Here we go. Hi, welcome to the podcast. It's Ian here. And Mark, you'll get to know our voices quite quickly, although we totally sound the same. You'll never get it right. Don't worry. It's even more confusing if you see us next to each other. We are not brothers. People think we are. You're my brother, eh, heavy man, or something like that. It goes like that. There is, there is something along those lines. I'm not just no, 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 no. But let's let's move past that, right? Before people get too caught up in it. But uh, thanks very much for joining again, joining us again on the podcast. This is uh, kicking off the Power Platform People podcast, where we are going to introduce the people of the Dynamics community. Yeah, more about the people than the actual product. So we want you to get to know the people who are working within the industry, who are blogging, who are doing the YouTube videos, who are appearing on podcasts. We want to just get people's stories out there because there's lots of podcasts out there, very technical, that you can get some amazing information from. But do you know anything about the people behind that? Do you know their story? Or do you yeah. just know, do you know how their mind works and how they've managed to think out the box this way or that way? What's their background? continuing on really from the mini-series we had promoting the D365 Scotland event that we recently hosted. Yeah, which was, what, six podcasts, and I think we interviewed about 20, 20 different people for 10, 15 minutes. So I think we want, what we want to do with our kind of structure of these podcasts is keep it the same. We want to make it light-hearted about the people um so we, what we want to do is we want to kind of review what's going on in the community, what events are upcoming. I mean, I think before we get into our first guest, we'll talk a little bit about our D365 Saturday event. But we'll have a main guest on and we'll kind of go through their whole the whole journey through either their life, their career, their product. Um, and we want to try and make it just a little bit special. Um, and then once we've gone through that, we're hoping to have at the end somebody who's either written a blog or done a video on YouTube or has done something that they want to review and tell us about and we'll kind of ask some questions back and forth on it. Yeah, so if you want to be part of it or if you're interested in being part of it even, just drop us a line. We'll get some contact details out there. You heard it at the start where we are on Twitter, Bearded CRM Guy and the Mark Christie. Yeah, and we're always active, so just give us a shout on there. So I think everyone kind of knows us from either D365 Saturday or probably from being online and just being loud and obnoxious at times, I think, is the the main reason people know us. But to give you a background into into the podcast itself, we started doing this 
for the D365 event that we held, oh, is it two weeks ago? It is, yeah, and it's near enough three weeks now, which is, is scary, like six to nine months in planning, over in, over in 12 hours, but it felt like about two minutes. It was crazy. So, well, we'll take the Friday. Okay, so we'll so we've got 48 hours, right? So over two time. days, we do the Friday, the hackathon, and then... Seven o'clock in the morning, Shackley Juni Tick, standing there in the cold <laughs> rain of Glasgow. Let's actually why why don't we go back an hour to that? We were go back to is Mark's car actually? Yeah, because the night before the it didn't. So we were out. broke. I mean I've got a car, it's like a newish car well, I say newish, it's a two year old car, so it's still under warranty, all the likes. Uh, we went for our speaker's meal after we had the connected field service hackathon and the car just wouldn't start. So here's me sitting there with, what, 20 bags of speakers, um, clothing and accessories, GoPros, banners for the day and everything, and I couldn't even press the button, you know the what? button to make it open. I've just realised we haven't flat. actually spoke about that at all. We just dealt with it on the day, phone to recovery service, they got it started. <laughs> we, the two of us didn't sleep the night before up from like early hours in the morning panicking about how we were going to get from the hotel to the venue with the fear of going out to see the car starting perfectly. Amazing. Let's just go on with it. Let's just go with it. Did not replay any of it whatsoever. Yep. <laughs> it, it has um it has scarred me for life. Yeah so that's why you're gonna get a new car. But I, <laughs> So, I mean, it was, I mean, we were told right at the start, oh, you'll not get many people come to the event. It's Scotland. There's only three or four people in Scotland that know about CRM, and you guys are two of them. Uh, just just get a little room in the back of a pub, you'll be fine. That was yep. pretty much what it was. It was kind of the original idea of a, the podcast as well. We start a CRM coffee cup, stick your ideas in a bowl and pull it out. We'll get maybe half a dozen people, if not, if not less than that. Turn the day. 230 plus turned up. Yep. Exactly. So we had people fly over from USA. To be fair, that was in the minority though. Most of the people that did turn up were from Scotland or from in the, the local area. There was people travelled far, but we yeah, definitely no, had no, a no, massive yeah. pool of people coming from the local area. And as I said on the day, I appreciate every single one of them turning up, putting in the time. It's a free day. It's a Saturday. It's a non-bill date, it's a family date, it's whatever you want to call it, it's personal time, but you still came and spent a whole day with us and hopefully are still having conversations off the back of it. There are, there's still people using the hashtag on Twitter and LinkedIn. We got all the pictures back from the photographer, so I started putting them online and I then clicked on the the hashtag on Twitter and somebody used it, yeah, like the day before. So, I mean, we're, we're three you. weeks out now, so somebody was still using the hashtag. <laughs> um, I think it was for the right thing. <laughs> But it was there, and people are using it. So it just shows you the kind of the kind of reach that the whole community has had. So, I mean, as Ian said, there's lots of people in Scotland, and the fair majority were were there. So, um, I think we'll probably do it again next year. And obviously, that means I will be. Okay, but well, let's let's, uh, let's see what happens. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we'll figure that out um, in six months' time. But I just think what what that's shown is there's a huge community in Scotland. Um, so if you are in a smaller place where you kind of think there isn't that much of a community, have a wee look around. 
put a few messages out there. Or, I mean, what we done, we were told yep. there wasn't anything there. We we said we'll make it, and we did. Uh, I know I spoke to Antti Payunin on several occasions. He thinks that in Finland there's not a community. Ah, well, let's just uh, let's just book a session and go for it, and people will turn up. Feel the dreams. If you book it, they will come. Leading in from there, I think this is a good point to to cut to our power platform person of the day. A guy who wasn't in Dynamics, wasn't really part of the Microsoft community at all, but did exactly what you just said. Reached out, read a few blogs, and created some amazing apps that have actually been life-changing for a lot of people, I think. So... We'll introduce Samit Sani. So today on the podcast, we have Samit Sani who works at Heathrow Airport at the moment, and he's got a bit of a story around power apps. To be honest, I don't know a lot of his story. I've purposely kind of stayed away from it right now. So if you want to introduce yourself, Sam, and tell us your story, what got you into power apps, basically? Um, hello, everyone. My name is Sam Saini, and I am the IT solution specialist at Heathrow Airport. Uh, I've been working there for 14 years now, and I've loved every minute of it. Uh, I live near Heathrow. You know, my dad used to work at Heathrow, and uh, that's why that's why I met my wife uh, at Heathrow as well. So my my whole journey, my whole career has been Heathrow because that's where I wanted to be. You know, when uh, when my dad used to work here, he used to bring me to Heathrow and to view the planes and the whole environment. And I couldn't think of any other place that I would love to work but Heathrow. And so. Does that mean you're a plane spotter then? Absolutely, yeah. I've I, I got model planes as well, so I like to collect them. Really? Yeah. I, I... So on just randomly on that, so the model planes, is it – so obviously people collect them. Do you collect different models of planes, so a Boeing 747 or a – I don't know, another model number, but is it the – different models of plane or is it different airlines what's the collector's method behind different them? airlines different right okay i keep away from the kids because once they play around room it gets lost so i'll stash them somewhere else but i love collecting the airlines um and for me it's a hobby as well um you know collecting different kinds of planes but uh yeah so you said that obviously your dad at a younger age you went into to work with your dad. Did you start collecting them at that point? What was your first plane that you got? When I, when I was flying with uh, British Airways and we were handing them out, and uh, that's when it started. When my, when I'm on my first one of my first flights, and I had a so that's that's like the kids pack stuff that they give out, isn't it? Yeah. Like just a little miniature plane. That's it. And I thought, wow, that looks that looks so nice to have. So. You know, it's great. I got around, let's say, I think I've got about forty at the moment. Um, yeah. It's, wow. I'm sure by the time this podcast goes out, all the airlines will be sending you them once they hear your story and want to get in touch with you. That's <laughs> that's the token, isn't it? Just send them a model plane. <laughs> Absolutely, it would be awesome. But um, I did. I even did my work work experience at Heathrow. So yeah, so when I was um, when I was fourteen. Because um, my auntie used to work here as well, but she she used to work for British Airways, <clears throat> and the company um, the the building that I'm working at now is called the Compass Centre. It used to be um, British Airways before, but now it's Heathrow 
And where I'm sitting now is about two yards away is where I did my work experience. And I remember the day I did my two weeks of work experience. And when I left, I said, it doesn't matter what I do, but I would love to work here. And every time I used to drive past, and I used to tell my wife and I used to tell my kids that this is where I want to work. And uh, now I'm working here. How the stars have aligned for you, that's, that's amazing that it's came full circle. And it's the only job you've known, like in that airline industry, and Heathrow, 14 years you've been there. So what was the first job that you had when you started at Heathrow? Um, I started as a security, of, a security officer. And uh, I, yeah, as soon as the job came out, uh, my dad said, you know, do you want to apply for it? I said, absolutely. So I applied for it and uh, I got the job. It was a, it was a tough interview as you're, you're making sure that passengers are safe. And I loved it since I, I used to wake up at five o'clock in the morning for a six o'clock shift. And because I live so nearby, it was okay. But trust me, I don't, <laughs> a couple of years later, I stick to doing permanent lates. So you had an option to do that. Yeah, I think airports can be very chaotic in the morning. I'm I'm one, if I'm going away to work, I'm more than happy to fly the night before yeah. so that I don't have to touch the morning And you rush. can be the most smiling person in the morning, but when you're, when you're about to fly out and you haven't had your coffee and you've got someone like me smiling at you, like, they say, hey, dude. <laughs> I, I, I had some looks. I bet you got some looks and some responses for sure. I know that at that time of the morning, I'm normally like, just look at my belt, look at my bag, don't talk to me. That's I don't it. want to be rude, but I, I don't really care right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on route somewhere. But, so so that leads great into an issue. So obviously me and me and Ian have got a Scottish accent. You can understand us fine. What um, What sort of problems would you have had on security that, on a day-to-day basis, being able to speak to people or asking questions of them? So mainly, yes. So we're an international airport, but um, you know we have passengers who cannot speak English or understand English. So when we, as security officers, asking them, you know, could you please remove your liquid laptops and iPads, they might not understand. And so what happens is they leave those items in the bag, and then the bag gets rejected. And then because your your bag gets rejected, they get frustrated, understanding why is our bag being rejected. So that was one of our biggest problems we have with our passengers. And we have, we've got a, a translation book that helps us go through the pages and show them that this is what needs to be um, removed. But the problem is you can't you can't carry that book around. And so... So you have a book that covers many languages, if not everything, with some sort of translation of like yeah. half a dozen phrases. And it translates that into every language from English to Chinese to Urdu to yeah. Spanish to Portuguese. Absolutely. Yeah. That's nuts. And everybody had one everybody had one of these books. It wasn't as if it was like a, a book per check in the end, no, per security. A gate. book per machine. And that's it. So you wouldn't be able to take it outside to right. you wouldn't right. be able to take it anywhere with you. It had to be placed in the on the machines. So if somebody was already using that, you had to wait or you had to point at things yeah. and tell them to pull stuff out and and cross. Yeah. That I mean, you, even as somebody who doesn't come up with that, you can imagine how much extra time is spent because it's 
going through the the scanner and then it's been picked up and then you're having to wait then there's queues for waiting to get them after they've been checked so it does it does present yeah. a big a big problem so how how do you go around fixing a problem like that like i always said to myself that i don't want to just make a living at Heathrow. i want to make a difference because to me uh Heathrow to me is like a home so when there's a a way we can if there's a problem that we can fix why not do it and so when when there was an opportunity that we were able to do that like we were presented with the office 365 tools and they said that you got all these tools go out and check it out and so i looked into power apps and when i looked into power apps it showed me how to create an app and then when i started learning it i thought this is amazing so using my knowledge now on power apps not too much knowledge but the basics of the basics i thought why not convert that book into an app because all i was doing is adding images and adding a navigation button to navigate the pages and if i click this button it will take me to uh, an Indian section a hindi section or a spanish section and within a week i built that app and then i showed it to my manager and he goes and he says, who built this? And I said, I did. He goes, what? I'm like, yeah. And then he goes, oh. I feel the same way there, actually. Like, So you came from school, worked on the security check-in, asked people to take stuff out of their bags. At this point, I'm assuming your understanding of IT was computer games, consoles. Yeah. It's not something you were into programming. You knew nothing about no, power apps, integration PCs, or anything. No, no I'm into games, but um, programming and coding is... It's a different language to me, and um, one that's not covered by that translation book. Yeah, exactly, but I did ask for this idea um, in the the language app. I asked for it two years ago uh, if we could build it, but it cost too much money, and uh, it w- didn't feel like it was feasible for us to have it. By building this on Power Apps, I was able to show them that it doesn't cost us anything because we're only paying for the license. And how easy it was to build because it's it's low code, no code. I mean, we we try not to be too technical on this podcast, yeah. but the fact that you've just said low code or no code, yeah. how quickly can you run through what you'd done to get that? Like I said, going? it was like instantly. Uh, I had the images, so I took all the images from the book. I clicked on the media section. It says browse. So when you click on the browse button, it gives you the picture of all your pictures that are saved. You click on it. And then all I did was um, go to images and find the picture that I saved and upload it. And it didn't take that long. And all I did is insert a button and ask, and it's asking me which page do I want it to navigate. There was no coding. It was just a step-by-step guide. It's like the first app that I've ever built. Um, the first time I ever learned about PowerApps was how to build an app from scratch. And it was so simple steps where it asked me to go to Excel spreadsheet, type in um, the columns, uh, create your table, save as, and put it into OneDrive, which I did. Then I opened up PowerApps. And when I opened up PowerApps, it says go in Excel spreadsheet uh, into OneDrive, which I did. Clicked on generate. And within less than a minute, whatever I created on Excel spreadsheet was created on the PowerApps. And the tick button that is um, there to submit, the the back button, the refresh button, I didn't add that. Um, I didn't add that formulas. It was already there for me. 
and then it asked me to go onto um, iTunes if you've got an iPhone, click on Power Apps and install it. I installed it, I opened it, and what I saved on Excel spreadsheet, um, uh, what I saved on the Power Apps um, website was on my app, on my phone. I clicked on it and I opened it and the column created was there. I entered the data and pressed that tick button. It submitted it. And what I saw was my data that I submitted on my phone straight to Excel. I was like, I was like wow, how easy was that? Why does anyone know this? Why does no one on your phone know this? And that was all from stuff you'd read online, I presume, somebody's blog, basically, just guiding you through it. Absolutely, because that's a great thing about PowerUps is that and uh, Microsoft Flow is that there's so much knowledge out there, and there's so much learning out there that anybody could pick it up, you know. Um, and that's what I felt like. Well, I'm so hooked now. What else can I learn? And the more I learnt about PowerUps, the more my apps grew, and the more I put into the apps as well. So when it comes to the, the language app, it started with uh, images and navigation. Then I added the then I added videos and then I added a Microsoft translator to when you're typing or speak that language. So that's what got me hooked. And for the last year now, um, I've been focusing on not just building apps now, it's showing people that they can build that app themselves as well. Because if I can do it, they can do it too. So becoming a, a power apps evangelist, you're you're spreading the word both out in the community and within Heathrow itself to get people enthused about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, it, when I build an app, it makes me feel smart. Um, I think that I would be able to do anything like this. It's because it was, I didn't have no aspirations. You know, I, I work at Heathrow and I love what I do. Um, but then when you've got a wife and kids, you want to do something different and your kids to um, you know, be proud of you. And so that's what made me think that if I learned this, this could change not my not just my uh, career but my life as well, which it has. I think there as well. The bigger piece of that is what you have done has changed not just your life, your family's life, your kids' life, but every single passenger that comes through Heathrow is going to have a smoother journey through that security check-in, less stress. Everybody's comfortable with an iPad or a Android device or some sort of handheld tablet where you can see this is what you do. There's almost that intuitiveness about knowing where to press. And how to see something so that's awesome yeah and that's what we're trying to do I and mean, i'm still learning how to build these apps and um you know i'm still improving these apps as well everything when i learn something new i'm gonna improve it so now with these language apps is that i want to know how many times a button's been pressed you know how often the daily monthly hourly i want to know all of that and that's by learning power bi and flow so it is there's much knowledge there now and i wish i had this enthusiasm at school but um i think that appealed appealed to me at school, like it does now. And so, yeah. you know, and that's what I say to my kids, you know, it doesn't matter what you want to study, just be passionate about it, you know, because that's the easy bit. Then. It, the, the, the learning that comes to you then. Yeah, exactly. If you're passionate about it, the learning isn't such a, it's not a mountain. You just learn because you enjoy learning and you get excited yeah. about it. And as you say, just there, you, you were looking at Power Apps and now you're looking at Power BI. Like, that's starting to look at that whole suite to bring in the, the stats and see, as you say, how many times it's being used, where it's being used, what your peak times are, all that sort of stuff. That's, that's really cool. I mean, everybody loves a stat and a dashboard. I mean, 
Ian probably knows that's one of my favourite things. I could deliver absolutely nothing, but as long as the dashboard looks nice, I'm happy. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and do you know what? I, I, I didn't do this all by myself. Um, I learned a lot from uh, the community, um, which is amazing. Um, they're very open and, you know, sharing. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's an amazing community. And, you know, when I've when I ever been stuck, um, I used to treat Ryan Dang, who is a big inspiration to me. He used to be a teacher and uh, he wrote a sabbatical and now he works for Microsoft because um, he's such an amazing guy. It's great that we have so much knowledge out there. Like you've got Shane Young's videos and you've got Daniel Christian, Audrey, but these guys go out and they make those blogs and they make those videos, help people like us with no technical skills. As I say, perhaps what you've done isn't something I know a lot about, so definitely I'll be hitting up the resources. Yeah, I think the community itself is a huge, huge pool of resources. I mean, you've got DLP, but there's no there's no substitute for somebody who's who's actually tried it, who's got something working, um, or a little bit of lessons learned. I've got to the solution yeah. now. I've tried it doing it these two or three different ways, but it's now this is the way I've done it and this is the way it's working. So when you build your app, don't go down this route. Have a look at that. Yeah. There's just there's so many people who have who look at it in different ways, who have had uh, maybe different experiences using the apps. And you can find them all over the internet. And it just, you, you piece them together. You grow as a person by what they've, by the lessons that they've learned. It's, the community is just fantastic. It is, absolutely is. I mean, and that's what I'm trying to build at Heathrow is, is, is a community. So we do have monthly meetings where we sit down and we talk about you know, what apps you're creating, you know, do you need any help? Um, so on. I've built a, uh, with the help of Microsoft, I've built a, the whole governance bit as well, where I get to view how many apps have been built, who buy, and what's the quantifiable benefits. So that way, when they start creating an app, they get a notification to say, welcome, you're a Power Apps developer, and these are the guidelines that he throw to help you with your journey. These are the learnings. Just interesting, as you mentioned the governance here, and obviously the Power Apps, they're open to everybody. So how are you actually restricting what people do and can't do, because I'm assuming there'll be certain parts of the system that you don't want people going in and just creating a power app to do something that they shouldn't be doing in the airport. Okay, so we started with the the data loss uh, policy because at Heathrow we're really secure. So when you build an app, we don't want your information to go on Twitter and Facebook. So we removed that, which you can, and then we wanted to, we wanted to start small. And so our data, the data source that we were using uh, was SharePoint. Now, every department has a SharePoint admin person. So if you wanted to create an app that w- was dealing with data, you would ask the admin person, um, I want to build an app, I need to store data. Could you give me, could you create me a SharePoint list? And you go through those stages. So we know that if you're going to build an app, this is the stage you go through. Otherwise, you won't be able to connect to anything else. That's cool. And, and as you say, the building of apps, that's open to everybody across the whole of Heathrow now. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's amazing. And without that, I would have I um, um, known how perhaps or have an opportunity to use it. There is a 90-day policy um, trial as well. So it's, it's, it's a great help. So the 90-day trial is something that just, like everybody can pick up if they've got a... 365, they can set up the, the instance, the trial instance. 
have a play almost. Yeah, you need the data, but you can create fake data if you really needed to. Yeah, absolutely. So that's really started a bit of a whirlwind for you after this happened, hasn't it? Both internally at Heathrow and sort of in the wider community. Oh yeah, I mean, I I work at I've been like I said I work at Heathrow for fourteen years, but I know I thought being part of this community, I feel more connected to everyone than ever before because everyone's so welcoming, uh, and it's great when you go and see them face to face. Like, wow, I know you from Twitter. I thought I've just been speak, speaking to each other for like months, and now I get to see you. It's like it's such an amazing uh, community to be with, be in. Yeah, I mean, I think you're probably still collecting Jaeger bombs from from everyone that you've spoke to on Twitter now, haven't you? Yeah, it is, for me, it's like a tradition where when you when I go out, it's like a drink and a shot of Jaeger. It just feels like... Um, I always end up with my close friends, and this, this community is like a close-knit uh, fr- uh, friends. And so, why stop a tradition? Why stop a tradition? You know? It's your welcome uh, tradition, isn't it? Is how you may say you are my friend. So, did you have a Jaeger bomb with Sachin? <laughs> no, I didn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> let's let's tell the story about how you met Sachin. Like that's an amazing one for me. I don't know. He, he's definitely up there in that status of he's just a name, he's a face, and you know who he is. But I would never expect to actually be spending time with him. No, he's um, such an inspirational person. Such a an amazing down to earth person. Um, it's it's been a it's a, a honestly a pleasure and honestly even sit next to him and or be on stage with him. Um, I never expected in my life to ever have that kind of experience before. Um, you know, especially from my background. How did you find out you were going to be on stage with him? I got, I got um, e- an email to say, you know, would you come and um, you know speak on stage with Satya and Della? I said. Uh, absolutely. I was, this was like at three o'clock in the morning um, when that happened. I was. Like, I take it you're still up doing Jaegers at that point. No, I was. I was creating that. I was creating an app. So, <laughs> so I was creating an app, and um, I was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" And I, I told my dad, and my dad thought, "Yeah, yeah, you know, you're just going to Las Vegas because Hawaii." I said, no, 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 I'm, 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 I'm going to meet the CEO of Microsoft. And he didn't believe me until I was actually on stage. So what was your dad out there with you and then believing you? Or No, so they told us that it's going to be live. So what I did, they gave me the link. So I sent the link to my wife. I said, Cause you don't share it to everyone, just share it to mum and dad. And so she did. And then my mum and dad shared the link to everyone in, in, in India that didn't know. And so that got me a bit more nervous. Like, I, I have never spoken in front of a, a lot of people before. I, I've done one-to-ones and stuff, but not, like, a lot of people. And so... And no one has been broadcast across the internet to anybody that wants to watch. That's it. And so my mindset was that when I'm going to be on stage, I'm going to listen and make sure I've answered the questions properly. And so I don't want to, I don't want to ask uh, Satin Nadella that, could you please repeat that? Um because that, uh, that was the one thing I was concerned about. So when I was focused and I, and I sat down, I didn't hear no clapping. I didn't hear nothing. Uh, I, I kind of was, I was in the zone. So when I got back to the hotel and I listened back, and I was like, wow, people were actually clapping. And I was like, wow. And then my dad called me up and he goes, Sammy, I'm really, really proud of you. And that that meant a lot to me. And, you know, that's what I... Do, that's what I do it for, and I do it for to make him proud. 
there's nothing else to do for it. As you say, you're making changes for your family, whether it's your dad, whether it's your yeah. kids and yeah. your wife. So it's, they are the main thing in your life. Work is work. Work is part of everybody's life and it's there, but it shouldn't be the be-all and end-all. It should no. be about family. That's it. And they, they, they help me improve myself. My kids, my wife, they help me um, be a better person and always strive to improve myself because I, if they, if, if how I look at my dad, if I want my kids to look at me, I want them to say that my dad never gave up. He kept going, he kept learning, he kept enjoying what he was doing and he never complained. He just... You know, you know things are you know in our home. We never say can't, because everything's everyone says it's impossible until it's done. And so, um, I want to give that legacy to my kids as well. That's an awesome way of looking at it. And I think I think your kids. I mean, you'll, they'll maybe not tell you right now, but they'll know what's going on. They'll be proud of you, and I'm sure your wife and everyone else is. Are you teaching anyone in your house? Power apps or Flow or Power BI at the moment? I'm, I'm trying to get my wife to learn Power Apps because she's a security officer at Heathrow and uh, I'm trying to get her into learning Power Apps and she says, um, now she, she will, she will. Um, I said this time, this time, this year she will build an app and showcase it and that's my dream because... This time next year we will have her on the podcast telling us how she's so much better than you at doing all these Power Apps and how she's going to Take your job at Heathrow. I totally want to make this a thing. Does your wife have like a Twitter account that we can start actually just like trying to promote her and, and edge her onto this? Absolutely, absolutely. I love it. Now, I, I've got an idea for an app. Don't talk about it. Don't tell us the idea. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So that would be awesome. But do you know what I like about people, um, where I work at Heathrow is that, and what I love about PowerApps is that it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter what skill set you are, you can build an app. There's a guy um, that I work with, his name is Martin Shelley, and he asked me, uh, Sam, I've got an amazing idea. Uh, it'll save time, it'll save money, it'll save paper, uh, but could you build an app for me? And I said to him, nah, we're, we're going to build an app together, but you're going to be learning about building it, and you're going to build this app yourself, because you're, you're the one who's going to look after it. So what's his background that he threw then? To your security officer as well, or something else? He's a security manager, and he's he's fifty six years old. And I, when I told him that he's going to build an app, he goes, "Damn it! You heard that quote before. Uh, old dogs can learn new tricks." And then within two to three weeks' time, he built an app, and he showcased it to his managers. He showcased it to the execs to say, "Look how much money we saved. Look look how much time we saved just building this app." Man, he must have felt so empowered from that. Well done, you, and learning yourself and passing that on. That's awesome. And that's our job. Our job is, and what I'm learning from the community is that if we look, if we learn something new, share it. You know, us, are we use something at Heathrow, we say, learn it, apply it, share it. You know, you do you do those three things. Um, no, I don't want people to be relying on other people. Just, you know, go out there and learn it. And then... Honestly, the next time I fly through Heathrow, I'm going to try and learn another language that's not this Scottish English thing that I've got going on. Pretend I can't speak to the people at the security just so I can start seeing your app. I want your Power BI dashboards on the main board and everything. I want to see all that. That's amazing. So, like I said, I, I'm, I love to meet people. I like to meet new people. This is why I work at Heathrow because I get to meet new people every single day. And like I said, when you're coming down, I'll be happy to show you around as well. 
And I think you're also due us a little um, power bank. Lucy keeps showing off this Heathrow yeah. power bank that she's okay. got. No, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll have two on the side now. So whenever you're down, I'll get you those power banks. So it would be a whirlwind uh, going over to Vegas. I mean, that's a whirlwind in itself. But obviously, it's shown that you've got a newfound technical skill. How's that worked for you inside Heathrow? Has that given you more opportunities to, to move within Heathrow? Yeah, so like like I said, this time last year, I was a security officer asking passengers to move your liquid laptops and iPads. Now, then I became a digital mentor. So I was teaching people that this is what power-ups can do to moving into, to becoming an adoption specialist. Uh, and now I'm a solution specialist. So I kept moving because there's, because this is brand new. And so, and this wasn't, this wouldn't be possible if it was, wasn't for my manager to say, look, Samit, um, I think what you do, you know, would you like, would you like to join our team? You know, into into the IT department. I was like, wow. I said to her, I don't, you know, I don't have qualifications. She goes, no, you're passionate, and that's what she loved. And um, like I said, if she wasn't there, I wouldn't move. I wouldn't have these kind of positions. Yeah, you can teach IT, but you can't give somebody passion. You can't force that. And the thing is, the reason I'm passionate because it's changed my career. It's can't change my life. So why wouldn't you be something passionate about that? You know. And it can, I'm telling you, uh, there's people who are learning power-ups at Heathrow who are learning it and they're moving their careers. They're changing jobs because, you know, they're not complaining about a problem. They found a way to find a problem and fix it as well using a power-up or a flow or Power BI. Yeah, so not, not only are you empowering them to use and embrace technology, you're actually empowering them to, to think of Kind of what you would normally do is problem, resolution, and fix. So you're, you're empowering them to say, right, this is a problem that I've got. This is how I would like to fix it, and then actually building it. So, I mean, that itself is not just the technical skills. It's, it's improving their business acumen, really, to, to find the problems and fix them, which is amazing. I think I don't think you need – you don't need me to do that. I think the tools do that themselves. Once you – understand uh, the, the the power platform it helps you go into to the problem to solution mode you know to find that okay we've got these tools available and now we know what these tools can do let's implement them let's use them even things like microsoft forms and stream you know there's so much so much usage that you can have within your department that you know it's just learning about those tools yeah so with all these different tools I mean, there's bound to be a big chunk of money being saved over time from Heathrow now with everyone's ideas and and endeavours. That's not just improving the people, it's improving the business and making things run better because you're getting the input from the people who are on the front line on how to resolve these issues. But it's also getting the business reducing costs, but getting people interested in IT as well. There's so many positive factors have come out of this one spin-off that you've done it is it's been amazing definitely hats off for that no, thank you like i said it's all about quantifying everything so i'll give you an example uh, the, one of the first uh, business process apps that we built was that before we before, when you when we used to do an audit 
you the manager would go to their PC, they find the Excel spreadsheet or a Word document, they would print that out. And when they print that out, then they'll go to a different terminal, do the audits, and then they, they would hand over the documents to the admin person. And then that admin person, end of the month, would find every single form that's been sent to her or him on Excel spreadsheet. And then do the uh, the pie charts and so on. And that took two days to fill in a month full of um, paperwork. Now, with Power Apps, you're, you can send the data from your phone to a SharePoint list or data source straight to a Power BI dashboard. And that's just reduced two days of someone inputting Excel spreadsheet. Um, Excel spreadsheet. Yep. And then even on that Power BI dashboard, they can start manipulating it there as well, whereas they'd maybe have to go back to the admin person to audit the pivot table to do something there. Or the Absolutely. And, it's all at their fingertips. and what Power Apps does, it gives you clean data. When you're using a Power App, you're having the, the text box or you're having a, uh, a button or a drop-down menu. It's clean data. And so it helps generate the Power BI even better. Yeah, it gives you a bit of governance over the data. You're exactly right there. Absolutely. When you're talking about data there, though, there is a risk, and um, I think citizen developer kind of the word that always comes up, there is a little bit of a technical risk or a data security risk that empowering everyone to have this sort of access and the ability to do so, that it could lead to, to problems with data or problems with um, having too much access to maybe security levels you shouldn't do. What Do you have like safeguards inside the domain to stop that happening? Yeah, so we, so the data that we input is like fresh data. We don't connect it to metadata. We don't connect it to um, our data um, data sources. So whatever you're inputting, is that that's the only data that you can view. Um, I mean, um, I mean, our aim is to not, um, is to have all the end users to be working together with this, with the app and getting um, managers involved as well so they know what's happening. And then what happens is when they build an app, then I'll sign it off as well because i got the governance. I get to see who's building what. So when I sit down with them, I'm trying to understand what they're building. Um, then I can sign it off because they've gone through the guidelines, they've gone through the right data source, they've gone, you know, and otherwise the app, doesn't get doesn't go live. Yes, you've got all these safety checks all the way along. You've only got access to certain areas. It's only data you're putting in, and then you've got that final actual human sanity check of the governance to make sure it's it's fit for the purpose and everything else. Also, we've got a template. We've got a template app that has that as well. So instead of you building an app from scratch, the the branding, the guidelines, the things you should do, things you shouldn't do, is all in the app. So when you start creating an app. You can use that as a template. So. Yeah, so you set up actual what the governance is there within that template where you've got the start, middle, and end type bit, and people just get to customize areas they need. Yeah. That's awesome. So, what is next for you then? Um, so, again, for me, it's all about um, empowering as many people as can at Heathrow, especially frontline officers. And just um, just because we do it up in a day at Heathrow and trying to teach as many people as can, I'll be honest with you, when you when people say what's next, I don't know because this is just growing and 
you know, I just want to make sure that um, that everyone does, uh, everyone feels what uh, feels how I feel. Um, I don't know where it's going to take me, but hopefully one day I'll be. Um, I don't know. I, I never thought about what's next because I'm just living in the moment. That's pretty cool, actually. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's probably been that much of a whirlwind for you that there will be a point where you just take a little bit of, of a check and say, wow, this has actually happened. Um, what is next? I mean, I know that recently you've been doing some some speaking engagements as well. You're joining us yeah. on the circuit off doing talks at like um, Power Day in London, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and that was awesome because... Um, you get to meet so many people who are passionate. You meet, you know, you meet um, the TDG guys, you know, Chris and Will, you know, you got Keith, you got Roy, you got so many, you know, Martin uh, Lee, you know, Atman. You meet so many passionate people that, you know, it's, it's a great environment to be in, you know, and you learn so much from them as well. And I go to these speaking events because, um, and if I get invited to, it's because it helps me with my confidence as well. As in, I'm not a natural speaker or I've spoken in front of loads and loads of people. So I'm always looking at ways to improve myself. And, you know, speaking in front of people, um, you know, it's a great way for me to build my confidence. And uh, you know, someone who's at school, at work, who's an introvert, and since I don't, um, I don't, not shy away, but I don't, I don't feel comfortable speaking, but this helps me to become more comfortable. Yeah, I definitely think introverted people, if they have something that they're passionate about talking about, it's it's not that person that's talking, it's the passion that's talking for them. So you don't even think about the nerves, you don't think, it, oh, I'm standing, standing in front of 300 people talking. Your passion takes over that and your passion is the thing that kind of takes you through through your hour or through your, your half an hour talk. So, I mean, we... I'm sure myself and Ian will have you up in Scotland if we were to to run any events up here again soon. No, you you guys are doing a great job, though, and it would be a pleasure to actually meet you guys. So even if you invite me to say, you know, just for a chat, that's awesome. If it's for speaking, great. But you know, I like just to be. Uh... No, no, we'll we'll definitely um, definitely get you up here at some point to to hang with us and I mean when we do our events our events are really who do we want to see and who do we want to listen to and I think just listening to your story you know probably chime in as well but yeah I mean we definitely want you up here to to empower because you I know you're mentioning all all the names all the different your Brian Dangs and your Rory's you are embedded in that community um whether whether you take the credit for it or not, um, with you talking about it, coming on podcasts, tweeting about it, you're sharing information as well with people. So you're as much a part of the community that people look up to than than anyone else who's in it. Hundred percent, I agree with that. Like definitely, even for me, this chat we've had what the last forty minutes, it's inspired me to go and learn more about Power Apps. It's an area, as I said at the start, I don't know a lot about it. As a functional consultant, solution architect, I know it exists, but I've never really built anything on it. Whereas now I'm going to spend more time reading about it, looking into it, probably reaching out to you on Twitter, to be fair, LinkedIn and everything else, just hounding you to say, Sarah, I need help, I need help, I need help. Anytime. That's what it's all about, just reaching out. I mean, I never thought in my life that I would reach out and ask for help. 
you know, I never never put my hand up and you know ask for help because you know um, it makes you feel um, at school it makes you feel dumb when you ask a question but in life what I've learned now this whole community thing is that you know if you don't reach out you're not gonna yeah, I agree. I don't think there's any such thing as a silly question because it's something you need to know. And if you want to ask the question, you should always ask it. The only silly question is a question that's never asked. <laughs> I'm learning that. Not, I mean, I'm learning that. And like I said, it's been a pleasure just reaching out to people and asking for help because I'm not the smartest guy or anything, but it's, I'm, not, I'm not a know-it-all either. I want to learn as much as I can. And the only way I can do that is by reaching out. So on that note, how can people reach out to you if they want to? Where are you online? Uh, they can find me on Twitter and on SamitSaini01, uh, LinkedIn, and you can always email me as well. So you know, I'm always um, happy to chat, and so why not? Appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Enjoy it. No, thank you. Cheers, bud. So that was quite an interesting story. I mean, I... I knew a little bit about it, about it before we talked. Um, I had done a wee bit of research, but I kind of wanted to to not do too much because I wanted to hear hear the story from from Sam himself, and I just think that was exactly all inspiring. Really. Yeah, I was the exact same. Like uh, when we lined up that we were getting them on, obviously we could have researched them a lot at that point, but I didn't want to because I wanted to be like you guys, the listeners, to hear the story for the first time and to be able to ask the questions or as it turns out I was to be completely inspired by him and his story and where he's came from. It's astounding. It's absolutely astounding what he's done, how he's done it and the changes he's making to everybody around him, not just the passengers, but his colleagues and everything else. Yeah. And I don't, I know he, he kind of uh, ducked away from it a few times. Yeah. He's inspiring people within Heathrow as passengers, as colleagues, but also in the wider CRM community. So, that, I mean, that's the whole the whole reason we're wanting to do these podcasts is to tell you there's people out there who can pick something up, who have not even looked at a technology before and can inspire people to do stuff with it. That's, that's what we're trying to do is get people thinking, going a little bit out of the box, making those connections. I mean, hopefully everyone will... We'll go and follow him on Twitter. We'll add all his details in the show notes so you can find him easy enough. But such a down to earth guy and such a roller coaster he's been on for the past year. It's crazy. And if you want to be part of that podcast, Roller Coaster with Ourselves, again, I ask you to reach out to us. Let us know who you are and we'll get you on and get you talking. I mean, it doesn't even have to be your story as well. If you know somebody who has a really good story, uh, again, just give us a wee shout. We're looking for people to also review their blogs and any content that they've got. So you'll tell us about your content, a little bit about your blog, why you've done it, what the problem was, what the solution is. Again, we don't want to get too technical, but we will. Pro- we want to ask some questions: why, why you went down this road, why you, why you haven't thought about this, or just kind of pick your brains to to the reasoning. Because again, that just gives gives the world an understanding of people's thought processes. Yep. We're we're all fine with the technical stuff. I think everyone can can pick up the technology, but the thought pro- process and the kind of soft skills behind everything is something that that we want to try and show. Yep. So if it's if you have good content, if you know of good content, or just anything, send over our way and we'll have a look and we'll reach out. I think that's us for thanks the day. very much. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe to the podcast with your favorite app and check out crm.audio for information on all the other shows on the network.